You may be seated. Thank you all so much, so, so much for being here. So um, before we get started, I'm going to say one thing. There is not, there was not a graphic for this, but um, there is a women's night this week also at Horizon Church. It, yes, it is on, thank you women, there's one of you excited about this. It is on Tuesday night at 7.30 at my house, 4316 West Corona Street, and we cannot wait to see you there. We will not be playing Pin the Beard on Jesus, um, but we will be doing other cool things. Bring a snack and come and join us. We can't wait to see you there. So um, one question that we have been asking this year in 2024 is, what do you want to be known for in 2024? What do you want to be known for in 2024? As I've asked myself this question this year, I began to recognize at the end of last year how much time I have spent on social media, scrolling, surfing, whatever. So I have removed myself from social media and removed social media from all of my electronic devices, and it created a lot of time in my life that I did not even know that I had. And one of the things that I have done um, during this time is um, I've learned to make, Chris is going to bring it over, I've, I've picked up a new hobby and placed it in place of scrolling and surfing. And so I made this pine, ne- this pine needle basket. Yeah, it, I did this in like 10 days, y'all. Um, I've still got just a little bit to do. I've got to make the lip so the uh, basket actually like the basket lid stays on. But I've been really excited about making this pine needle basket. So um, I'll tell you a little story about it. My... Um, my grandmother-in-law, we call her Awella, my kids call her Ita, um, makes pine needle baskets. She's been making them for years, and she is having a hard time seeing, and she has arthritis in her hands. So the last basket that she made was for Chris, blue and orange, go Gators, for when he got his MBA. This was his graduation gift. She made, um, she's 99, 98 years old, and she made this basket for him. She's a, the oldest living member of the Tunica Biloxi tribe, so it is a tradition that she learned um, being Native American. And I just knew that I could not let this tradition go away with her. So as her eyesight has started to go away and as arthritis has crippled her hands, I learned to make a basket too. Um, and it has been really fun. I, as I worked on it this, this, uh, the last couple weeks, I took the bottom part as I was working on it over to her house and I like literally walk in the door. She can't see very well. Her hands are hurting. She's having a little bit harder time getting around. And as soon as I walk in the door, I'm like, look at my basket. And she's like, oh, it looks good. What's this not here about? And I'm like, how do you see that on here? <laughs> and she, she just giggled and said, I know my baskets. <laughs> so um, it's, been, it's been a really fun way to connect with her. Um, and I have enjoyed it. But I've gotten to the end. And this is what I have recognized about this basket. It is made out of pine needles. And um, it is sewed together with grass. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but pine needles and grass will will eventually, like, decompose, right? And so I told her when I got to this point in the basket, I took it all over to her and I said, how do I keep this from, like, disintegrating in a decade? Because I've, like, worked hard on this and I'm kind of proud of my first basket. What do I do? And she says, oh, there's this spray. It's like a Mod Podge spray. And you spray it all over it. And and she was telling me that that's, that's what you do for it. And so um, 
we're talking about how you spray it and stuff. And she looks at me. She, I'm holding my basket. And she takes her hands and she cups my hands. She looks at me right in the face and she says, some things are just worth preserving. Some things are just worth preserving. And if I... Show a picture of Ita. Do you have a picture of her? This is Ita and my, uh, my middle daughter, Emma. This is another picture of Ita. So this is uh, the pine needle basket extraordinaire. Um, so anyway, um, she says some things are just worth preserving. So sometime in the next couple days, I'll go to her house and we'll spray it because some things are worth preserving. The last couple of weeks, Chris and I have got to spend a lot more time with our grandmothers Ita and my Mima, my grandmother, we've both spent time with them. In the last few weeks, talking to them, they've shared some things that have kind of broken our hearts because we're at an age where we all realize they're not going to be around forever, right? And they've told us some things that they hope they remember. They hope that we'll remember or preserve about them. I usually say, I want you to be around forever, so stop talking. Like, just don't even talk about it. But I've come to realize they actually want, to want us to preserve and remember some things about their lives. And while there's a lot to remember or preserve about them, Ita's words, some things are worth preserving, is probably a theme for sure. My Mima preserved every crop that we grew in the summer garden in some way. She canned green beans. She froze things. She literally made preserves to swipe all over her homemade biscuits out of the strawberries and blackberries that grew in her backyard. Because she would agree with Ita, some things are just worth preserving. If you've had those strawberry preserves or those canned green beans, you would agree, some things are just worth preserving. I know how to hang and cure meats because, like country ham, because of my mean ma, we would have um, hog killings back in Sandy Ridge, and she would rub this salt and wrap it in burlap to preserve the meat. Because my, and if you've had country ham on her biscuits, you would agree. Some things are just worth preserving, right? Um, some things are just worth preserving. Both of them grew up in an age where you didn't throw your pants or your shirt or your socks away when they wore holes in them. Instead, you mended them, right? You, sew, you sewed them back together because some things are just worth preserving. They believed in preserving leftovers, so I've had meatloaf in like seven different ways at both of their houses, meatloaf and eggs, meatloaf and rice, meatloaf and... This potato mixture, meatloaf sandwiches, they can make meatloaf last a week. And if you've tasted their meatloaf, you would agree with me. Some things are just worth preserving for a whole week, and their meatloaf is one of them. They believed our parents' jobs were worth preserving. So when I was sick in elementary school, my grandmother would stay home. My mima would stay home with me. Um, I'd lay on her couch and eat hot soup and jello so my single mom could go to work because her job was worth preserving. Ita did the same for Chris, so his mom and dad could work their jobs too. Some things are just worth preserving. In their lives, they've also seen a lot change. Their wisdom tells us this truth, right, that some things are worth preserving. But both of them would also tell you that some things are not worth preserving. Ita would tell you about coming to Tampa and seeing signs of segregation when she first moved here from Louisiana, and how in her heart she always knew that just wasn't the right thing. It just never made sense. Some things are not worth preserving. 
My grandmother would tell you about being the first woman in Sandy Ridge, North Carolina, where I grew up to drive, because it was a commonly held belief that women should not drive. She would say, they would say, some things are not worth preserving. My mima would tell me, you can change things and you better. <laughs> um, what do you, so this, it, I also remember one thing about my grandmother when I would stay with her at night, she'd have this, uh, I, I got really scared at night. I'm like terrified of the dark. So are my kids. I do not like the night. And she would always uh, take this little night light, you know, the little one that would plug in the wall and she'd plug it in and she'd always give me a kiss at night and she'd say, you know, some things just need a little light. That's something else that I've preserved from her. I've, I've sat with people in darkness and I've looked at them and I've told them some things just need a little light. I've sat with women in prison not knowing when or how they would ever move on from this and I've, I've told them some things just need a little light. Is my microphone coming in and out? I'm really sorry about that. We'll just get rid of this um, for a second. Or I could just mute it and not take it all the way off. It's fine. Some things are just worth uh, preserving, and some things just need a little light. Their, their example, their story has taught me, sorry guys about the microphone issue. These, that's not going to work either. Is it? Okay. Are we good? No. Okay, how's it? Okay. Sorry, my voice is giving out today, so it would help if it, we had just a little help projecting. So two things they told me, some things are worth preserving and some things just need a little light. As, um, as we've reflected on what we want to be known for when we're 88 and 98, I think Chris and I want to be remembered for some of those sayings, right? Some things are worth preserving and some things just need a little light. So while I've been asking this year, what do I want to be known for in 2024, this week, I started to think about a different question. What do I want to be known for, period? What do I want to be known for? I was reminded of some words of Jesus. People were asking this exact same question. They were living in a time of chaos, a time of craziness, a time of pain and shame and war, and things were just like out of control. They had no idea what the future was going to look like, and they sat at the feet of Jesus. Some people just like us took some time away from their schedule and they sat at the feet of Jesus and they said, teach us. Teach us the ways of God. Teach us what God would have us to hear. And this is what he looks at and tells them. This is what he tells people who are longing for their lives to matter in some ways. He says, you, you, these words are just as fresh today as they were thousands of years ago. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. You, you are a light. You are a light, giving light that needs to be put up on a stand, showing light to everyone in the house and in the world. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify 
your Father in heaven. These words, these words are words for us thousands of years later that will help us answer the question about how we live our lives as, as we ask the question, what are we known for? The first thing that I want you to know is that in Genesis, when God created the world, when he created humans like you and I, God created you in God's image. You are made in the image of God. And that means if God says you are the salt of the earth, it means God is also a little salty. Not the kind of salty that our 2023 Gen Z friends are talking about. Not that kind of salty. Y'all need to be going, throwing salt, all that stuff. That's a different kind of salt that I'm talking about. Okay? But that means God is salty. And there is something in your life, there is something about your soul and your heart that God wants to preserve. You are worthy and precious. And God wants to preserve you. You need to hear this. Some of you in this room don't think you're worthy anymore. And I want you to hear God thinks you are worthy and God wants to preserve you and save you for a really long time. God wants to preserve you. God, if he tells you to be the light of the world, it also means God has some light. So whatever darkness it is you are staring at right in the face, I want you to hear this. God wants to light up the darkness. You are worth God turning the light on. Like a stand lighting the whole wide world up for you. You are worth the light of God. Whatever darkness it is you are staring at, I want you to hear this. You are worthy of the light of God. And in John chapter 1 verse 5, God tells us this truth about Jesus who he sent to us. There is darkness in the world, but it will never be more powerful than the light of the world. Whatever it is you are staring at, I want you to know God has the power to turn the light on, to reveal its true character, for you not to be afraid and scared and paralyzed for moving forward anymore. God wants to be salt in your life, and he wants to be light in your life because you are worth it. Salt takes things that should not last, and it preserves them. This is what salt does. It is in its very chemical nature to, that it believes some things are worth saving and creating for a long time. This is what salt is. It was literally created by God to preserve things. And that's what God believes about you. Light is made up of photons. They're these little particles of energy that wave and bounce around. That's what creates the light that's in this room right now. It does not have any mass. That means it can float and speed faster than any... You've heard of the speed of light? This is what the speed of light is about. It is because it is made up of something that has zero mass and can move super fast. So there is this sense that God wants to preserve things about you and move you from the darkness to the light really fast. Really fast. There is this sense that that is who and what God is. That we preserve What's ma what matters, and that we can move fast, being held back by absolutely no mass and no weight. If God is this for us, Jesus is telling us what's expected of us too, right? You are also the salt of the earth. What is it? What is it that God's asking you to preserve in 2024? Your family? Your relationship? A, an ethical position or stance at, at the place that you work, friendships and community. What is it? 
What is it that God is asking you to preserve this year? One of the things that I feel like God has asked me to preserve is I can spend a lot of time working or dreaming or thinking about work, and pretty quick I'm ignoring three precious gifts that I prayed for. And I feel like in 2024, in talking to my grandmothers, uh, Ita and, and Mima, I have asked this question. Like in, in 28, 36 years, when my kids are standing up sharing stories about me, what is it that I want to be known for? And I hope preserving their childhood and preserving a sense of relationship and parenting with my kids, I hope I'm going to work for this year making that something that I preserve. What is it that you are going to preserve? What is it that God is asking you to preserve? It's not easy. Salt has to work. It has to literally dig into its DNA, its atoms, how it is created so that it can preserve things. There is a part of you this year as you preserve the things God is revealing to you right now, it's going to mean you have to get to the very core of who you are. God thinks you're worth it. God thinks it's worth preserving, but it might take a little bit of work to get to that core to understand what it is that you are preserving. What will you preserve? Not just in your family or in your personal life, but what happens when we ride by the person standing on the corner of the street holding up a sign that they're experiencing homelessness? What happens when you walk in to your child's school and you recognize that some of them can't afford to go on a school field trip? What is it? What is it that happens when you open your eyes and you see things on the news or, or you hear about things here that there are women coming out of prison and they need a place to stay? How? How might God use you to preserve their lives? What is it God might be asking you to do? In this church, in 2024, we're working really hard on a Horizon student ministry for kids who are headed into their teens or are already there. In a world that tells them that they, they don't matter and unless you have a viral TikTok video, you can be thrown away. Our church is going to say, no, you and the person God has created you to be, you are worth preserving. Maybe you want to help me. Maybe you want to help me with that student ministry. Maybe you want to help women coming out of prison. You think that their life, just like Jesus looks at them and thinks their life is worth preserving, maybe you want to be a part of helping to preserve their lives. Maybe folks who are living on the brink of homelessness and wanting to go in to permanent housing, maybe you feel called to join with our ministry partner, Love, Inc., and preserve their worthiness, their dignity, their warmth in a world that has pushed them out onto the streets. Maybe, maybe in January you want to be a part of mentoring some kids at Sheremonte Elementary School, a Title I elementary school just a few miles from here. Kids who, who, who don't always know what their future is going to look like or what holds. But maybe, maybe God wants to use you to preserve some bit of their childhood. Maybe for 20 minutes while you eat lunch with them, they get to be a kid. And they don't have to be an adult looking after everything around them for a little bit. Does God want to use you to preserve something? You. You who may have been told you're not worthy or good enough. You are the salt of the earth. And God wants to use you to preserve the most precious things that he has created in the world. Will you say yes in 2024? Will you say yes? How will you shine a little light? In the absolute darkness and pain in people's lives, how will you shine light? How, how will you let God 
use you to shine light? Do you know someone struggling with addiction? Do you know someone struggling in shame or pain? What does it look like for you to, to just take 30 minutes out of your day and take them out to coffee? What does it look like when your kid is, is struggling with something? You take a minute to understand and give power to the light of God. How, how will you shine light? Some of you have been convinced you are not worthy to shine the light of God. But Jesus says you are put up on a lamppost, on a stand, and your light is good enough to light up a whole house. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Because light changes things quickly. It goes from dark to light really quickly. And you have the power to turn the light on really quickly in the life of someone else. What will you say yes to turning the light on today? How will you shine a little light? This week I saw a pretty good example of a person who shined some light and preserved some things that matter, even in circumstances that he did not ask for himself. His name is Pete Carroll. Anybody know him? He's the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks for 20 years. And they came to a mutual agreement, which means they said, hey, Pete, do you mind resigning or retiring? And he didn't expect for this to be how it, how it happened, but he this week retired from the Seattle Seahawks. And I watched a bit of his speech that he gave at his retirement. And, and in the speech, he, he gets really emotional when he starts talking about his wife. And this man who's coached these huge guys in football for years and years and years, right? This guy who's been tough and expected the very best from his players for his whole life. The man has eat and breathed and slept football, right? He looks, he looks at a room full of reporters knowing this would be broadcast everywhere. And he starts talking about his wife and he gets choked up. He gets a little choked up and he says this, some things are worth crying for. In a world and in a sport where tears are meant to be somewhere else, he says in front of the whole world, some things are worth crying for. Some things are worth preserving. He talked about his wife and how their relationship mattered and she was an amazing partner and she would offered all of this to him and he wanted to go home and for a season, he was excited. Even if the circumstances weren't what he chose, he wanted to go home and preserve a relationship with his wife. It happened, right? He's committed to it for the long haul, but it happened really quickly. And this is what I have to offer to you guys. This is what I have to offer to you guys. Sometimes the circumstances that you face will convince you that you can't shine light and you can't preserve anything right. Pete Carroll demonstrated for us that it is possible to make a quick and lasting change forever, no matter if the circumstances are what you wanted or not. God says that you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, not when your bank account looks like it's supposed to, your job looks like it's supposed to, the perfect house is being lived in, all your circumstances are perfect. That's not what Jesus said. In the midst of chaos and craziness, in the midst of pain and shame, Jesus looks at us and says, right now, you are the salt of the earth. Go preserve something that matters. He says, you are the light of the world. Go light up some darkness. Not because everything in your life is perfect, 
but because he believes you are worthy to do that work in the world. Will you pray with me? God, I pray this morning for those in this room who have been convinced for a really long time that they are not worthy. May they soak in the truth this morning that they are the salt of the earth. May they soak in this morning that they are the light of the world. And for those of us in this room who need an extra opportunity this morning to take a step uh, in our faith journey to claim you to be our salt and our light and our Savior, I pray this morning will be the morning that we all do that. Some of us for the first time. I pray we will take a step in claiming and clinging to you who wants to preserve parts and pieces of us and who wants to use us and our story to light up the world. In their moments of darkness and hardship, God, remind them that they are worthy to be your salt and your light. And I pray, God, that by the time we gather at the Orlo next week, that there are lives that are changed because of these folks being committed to being the salt and light of the world. Amen.